I want the Lola Event Center rocking. I want it to rock like it used to be. He's one of the all-time shot blockers at Nevada. This guy has been relentless tonight. Here's Jackson. Here's Sailing. Flipped at the pylon. He's in. Wolfpack Nation 2016. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? This is the Wolfpack Howl with your hosts, Al and Tyler. Brandon and Nick are actually not in with us today. They're out on assignment trying to get the best research that they can. You know, sports talk radio is all about research. Am I right, Tyler? Yeah, I agree. And you got to be good in what you do. And so you got to know what you're saying. Because if you don't know what you're saying, you sound like an idiot. So like like me most of the time? I wouldn't say like you (laughs) most of the time. Sometimes maybe, but not always. You weren't supposed to agree with that. Uh, I like Brandon said, call it how it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Brandon and Nick are out. They're going to be on to talk later about a very important issue for uh, us college students. Yeah, it, it's it has to do with maybe drinking and you know showing up the games. Something yeah. something that is fun mm-hmm. and we should be allowed to do in some people's opinions, and in other people's opinions, we shouldn't be allowed to do. Well. I have an opinion of my own. We're going to elaborate on both sides. Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, Tyler and myself, we are going to talk games. Ooh. Men's basketball, football. Football. Uh, touch on a superstar in women's volleyball who we had on the show before. The Beast. Um, she did some crazy things this season and got awarded for it. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. You ready to jump into it? Or you got anything else you want to add before we uh, move on? Roadhouse. Other than that, we're good to go. Roadhouse. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with men's basketball. Ooh, well, just to, it, they they are looking good. Mm-hmm. I like what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. They're five and two on the season right yep. now. Are undefeated at home, right? Undefeated at home. They've only played seven games already. Only two have been at home. Hmm. So still pretty good. Still yeah. pretty good. Yep. But I, I like it. So and what was the score? One hundred and six to fifty-eight against Holy Names. One hundred and eight to fifty-seven. Oh my goodness! Yes. I mean, it's a small school. Who's heard of Holy Names? I yeah. mean, it has the 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 title in the name, Holy Names, mm-hmm. but I still haven't heard of it. So when I first saw the schedule when it came out, I looked and I was like, Holy Name! What is that? Like, is that even a? Sc-? I didn't know that was a school either. They're from the Oakland area. It's D two. Oh, um, that explains it. So. We did what we were supposed to do. Smack them. Yeah. Uh, we went 2-1 and one in the Hawaii tournament to open the season, yeah. which is always nice to travel and and get road wins like that, especially under a brand-new head coach. Get Eric road house wins. <laughs> um, have you been to either of the home games yet? I have not because school is murdering me. School is so cool. Anyways, I'm a terrible singer. Yeah, um, please don't. <laughs> so they have a pregame routine that they do. And it it models what Eric Musselman's father, Bill Musselman, used to do. Uh, he was a coach at University of Minnesota. And it's kind of Harlem Globetrotter-esque. Ooh. Uh, they do a bunch of dribbling with, you know, kind of wacky music going on. Um, they'll do a bunch of, like, fancy dunks and... You know, you know the weave that the Harlem Globetrotters do when they're running yeah, down the court? Yeah, I've seen, I've actually seen the Harlem Globetrotters, and I love what they do. So if they're doing some Harlem Globetrotters mm-hmm. stuff, I mean, build your identity, you know? Yeah, it's a six-minute pregame routine. We're the only Division One team in the nation to do it. And it's actually a really interesting story. Uh, 
of how he's doing it. Like I said, it's it's from his father's inspiration. And when the, when his after his dad passed away, they were going through his dad's stuff. And behind everything, like down in the basement, Coach Muss was saying that there was a suitcase that he'd never seen before. And he opened up the suitcase, and there was only a packet of papers in there explaining how to teach the pregame routine, and that was it. Well, great coaches leave legacies. Mm-hmm. And if your legacy is pieces of paper that teach you how to get ready for a game, well, so be it. But, yep. you know, like I'm saying, build your identity, and if that's what are going to be our identity, you know, silly pregame warm-outs that lead to, you know, victories. Yep. Keep it going. Yeah, and it's cool. It's getting a lot of publicity. Uh, 120 Sports, who's part of Campus Insiders, have been here to interview Coach and stuff about it, and uh, it's been a big success on YouTube when we put it up there for the Wolfpack Athletics video. Yeah, got to get that YouTube uh, viability. Notoriety. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 108.57 over Holy Names, Lucas Stiverens, who has played before this game, played one minute this season. Okay. This game, he comes out, drops 21 points, a new career high, hits six three-pointers, also a career high. In his three years at Nevada before that game, he made one three-pointer. Re- oh, so <laughs> he's six foot eleven. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm only I'm about six foot. Uh, he has a okay. That's a big man. Yeah, and they don't usually shoot threes. So seeing him go out and make six of seven three pointers, that's <laughs> that is insane. That's impressive. He uh, was he was loving it. Um, I love it. We actually have a clip of him in the post game press conference talking about how his night was going and when the last time he felt like this on the basketball court. And when he knew that it was his night. Yeah. When you're hot, hit it. Yep. Hit it. Yep. Like just sink them because when you got the momentum, you just drive, drive, drive. And, and we'll, uh, we'll, see what, we'll see what Luke had to say about his performance right now. It boosts it a lot. <laughs> Definitely boosts it. It feels really good. Just pushing the guys. Um, I mean, I, I learned scouting report front to back. I learned every position. I, I, I yell at players. Um, there's defensive assignments. Uh, I also try and get him in the right spots on offense. It's just whatever I can do to help stay engaging on the bench. All right, it's awesome to hear from him. I, I like what he had to say. <laughs> so we'll move on to women's volleyball really quick. We'll touch on what we were mentioning earlier, kind of tease it at the beginning Can of the Can I call episode. her beast mode? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I haven't asked her personally if we can call her beast mode. but Well, she is the volleyball version of beast mode yeah on the court she's amazing we're talking about madison morrow we had her on the first episode in an interview and she was named to the all mountain west conference first team only the second player in program history to be named to that you're the real mvp yeah so uh she had a great year she was the team mvp she's first team mountain west uh and she was only a junior so she's back next year yeah that looks great and it's great for recruiting because you know hmm, having that someone like that on your team yep i mean it leadership you know, stats, yeah. I like the numbers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I she's aw- she's awesome, like, on and off the court. I mean, it's really just all-rounded, well-balanced player and human being. Yeah, I think uh, I think the future is definitely bright with women's volleyball and the new coach and Madison Morrell coming back for her senior year. Madison Foley going to be back for her junior year. Team's run by some Madisons. Yeah, I always say the Mad Madison. Madisons. Yeah, I always say the Madison to Madison connection successful Forget Mad again. Forget Mad Max. It's Mad Madison. Mad Madison. Um, so I guess finally we'll talk about football, oh, which boy. is usually 
the starting point for most yeah most shows but you know we're we're switching it up this week yeah it's football football is my favorite sport <laughs> as you guys know um, but we're talking about the games played on the pitch sir no Oh, not that football. <laughs> no, we're talking about a real sport. <laughs> no, okay. Oh, oh, shots fired. Uh, no, soccer's good, but uh, football is better. Um, <laughs> that's just my opinion, but I'm right. Uh, so going on <laughs> to the point that I'm trying to make in an elongated fashion, uh, <laughs> we, we have been not as good as we were hoping in previous weeks. Uh, we are bowl eligible, which is a plus, mm-hmm. but... It's been a bit of a slide, and, you know, when you give yourself up, which I cannot think of a better, you know, way to describe it, uh, it's bad, okay? (laughs) I'm full of voices today. Yeah, Uh, so we're going to talk about Utah State game and the San Diego State game. Utah Uh, State game. Yeah. Brutal. Started off. Brutal. Uh, We had a 20-point lead. We were dominating a team that we were actually 15-point underdogs to. So we weren't supposed to win. Utah State's one of the better teams, one of the best defenses in the nation, not just the conference. Yeah, uh, but I know some fourth- and fifth-year students at UNR, and they just don't know how to finish. Apparently, the football (laughs) team doesn't know either. They're similar. Yeah, I mean, they gave up 24 unanswered points. What was it? Yeah, it was. And the final score was 31-27 Utah State. James Butler had 17 carries, 144 yards, and two touchdowns. But the real story, unfortunately, and it's a bad one, was Tyler Stewart, who was 8 of 18 for 55 yards passing. Uh, so uh, uh, UNR is not a defensive team. If their offense can't get things going, they're going to suffer. We suffer as fans. And and we – okay, so we knocked out their starting quarterback in the first series. Oops. Who – actually took over the job for Chucky Keaton, who coming into this season was expected to be one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. Heisman or nah? Nah, not he's had Heisman votes before, but he's been hurt. Kaepernick had Heisman votes before, yeah. so, but that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> so, But he's been hurt, but he, lo- he just straight lost his job this year to this other kid. Okay. And then that we injured that kid, and Chucky Keaton came in. And I was a little bit worried because, you know, you don't fall – the injuries have slowed him down, but you don't just fall off. You don't just forget how to play football. Um, unless you're Peyton Manning, but that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> and, but he came in, and he was Chucky Keaton-esque hmm. and was able to lead Utah State back into it. Well, hold, hold on. Did, did, when the guy got injured, did they call him on a foul for the screen? <laughs> uh, wrong sport? Wrong sport. <laughs> just, I'm just asking. Um, um, but it was a weird play that he got hurt on, too. I didn't even see how he got hurt. But he yeah, was out well, for the rest of the game. Yeah, you could get hurt on really wonky plays. So, mm-hmm. mm. but it's a bittersweet taste, especially when you know game after you become bowl eligible. Cause it's a bittersweet. Yeah, I thought we agreed on that. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on, San Diego State. Wait, wait, wait. We have to stay with Utah State really quick. Oh, okay. okay. Just for one more second, because we have to let it. We gotta let it burn. No, we don't. We feel in the sand in the body. All right, uh, sorry. Uh, all right, this is not uh, karaoke hour. No. But I will say that after getting bowl eligible, like you were saying before, I started singing for whatever reason. Um, you taking have a, a loss voice. like <laughs> thanks. Taking a loss like that uh, really hurts. 
and you really expect to maybe try to win the next game, which is San Diego State, and I'll let you lead that one off. Oh, God. Let me just say, 14-14 at the half, and then we lose. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's it. That's that, it. Game recap yep, yep. over. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> no, no, no. Um, but it's it's honestly embarrassing, in my opinion. I mean, you're tied to a team that's, you know, undefeated in conference play. And, you know, you're looking good. You're bouncing back, which Wolfpack's been ping-pong in that respect. Mm-hmm. Win-loss, you know, category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, all of a sudden, like, San Diego's like, wait, this is UNR. Uh, we should probably score points. So it was thirty-one fourteen at the end of the game. And yeah, thirty-one fourteen. Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> it, that wasn't a question. My bad. <laughs> yeah, but Tyler Stewart uh, in in a flip of last week threw for two hundred yards, uh, and so that's an improvement. Yeah. But what? What? Butler had like fifty-four yards or something like that. Or Jackson had 51. 50, that's Jackson. He led the team. Uh, ha- and the, how many rushes did we try? Uh, I don't have that set. I can pull it up, though. Uh, it's a good thing you have it in front of me because I just can't remember. Too many things. Final weeks. Kill me. Um. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, 31-14, it was, it was rough. We They won now eight in a row, San Diego State. Uh, We're sputtering. We've lost two in a row. We're sputtering into this ball game. Yeah, I remember last episode, I believe, we were talking. We won two in a row. We were feeling good. Mm-hmm. And now we're reminded that, you know, we can't really finish. Uh, something I do want to mention, though, is Tyler Stewart had two interceptions, and they were bad. really, really questionable bad, throws. Bad, 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 Really, bad. really questionable. You're bad, okay? Um, <laughs> no, he's not bad. We had... are. <laughs> I love you, Stewart. We had rushing attempts. We had 30... 31 rushing attempts for 35 yards. Oh, my goodness. San Diego State had 53 rushing attempts for 330 yards. Well, those Aztecs just ran all over us. Yeah, they did. Uh, our defense was... Tatters? In tatters? Holy. Uh, they were porous. Um, called the Pope. It was, <laughs> it was tough. It was really tough. They had 17 first downs. To only R10. Coach Polian caught up with the press after the game to discuss just how good this Aztec team is. So, first of all, give them all the credit. Uh, They're a championship caliber team. They showed it tonight. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Um, You could point to a lot of plays and say that we made mistakes, but they forced a lot of mistakes. And um, frankly, uh, I'm a big fan of Rocky and his staff. They play a style of football that I appreciate. They've had five years to put their program in place, and you can see the difference. Don't forget to check us out on our social media outlets, Wolfpack Hal on Facebook or at Wolfpack Hal NEV on Twitter. You can also find the social media outlets and all of our episodes uploaded on SoundCloud through our website, NevadaWolfpackHal.Weebly.com. Again, that's NevadaWolfpackHal.Weebly.com. Okay, one more stat. 408 total offensive yards for San Diego State, 263 for us. Okay, talk about something good for us. Hassan Henderson, catch of the year for our team. He went up over a defensive back, ripped the ball out of the defensive back's hands, 
and came down in back. It was incredible. You got the video? Yeah, we'll put it up on Facebook so, all right, so all people right. can check it out. Um, Word. You, you didn't even see it, so you're in for a treat. Well, I didn't really have the freaking yeah. I couldn't see it because I was busy. Let's just say that. <laughs> you're in for a treat. Trust me, you'll 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 enjoy it. Like if you're I, if you're as big of a football fan as you claim to be, sir. You know I am. You'll look at it and be like, "Whoa, that was like whoa, highly impressive." <laughs> Don't make me start singing again. No, please, please. <laughs> it's serenade us with your lovely voice once more, <laughs> but don't. Can't touch this. Da, 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 da. Yeah, uh, I'm about to reach over there and touch. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, with with my fist. Don't worry. Oh, oh, shoot. Uh, okay, but uh, but on a on a darker yet yes another dark note for you and our football. Well, yeah, everyone knows what pre gaming is. Obviously, what uh, is that? No, never heard of that. Never well, heard of it before. Everybody likes a little alcohol. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you know, uh, uh, recently t- student tailgating has banned all alcohol for students. Boo! Because. It makes us unruly, apparently. What? Uh, I don't know. You know, just we all hold our liquor fantastically. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we yell at opposing fans or anything like that, yeah. or you know, or bite. We do that sober. <laughs> <laughs> I think we yell at each other more than, than opposing <laughs> fans, but uh, so you know, like we were saying, Nick and Brandon got the scoop on this, so we're gonna turn it over to them for the details. All right, Brandon. So Tyler and Al, they were kind of discussing earlier the student tailgates and attendance and how maybe two and two, that might make four. And four, what I think going on here is the lack of attendance going on at tailgates. I mean, what have you been thinking about that lately? Uh, I know it's been down a lot recently. Uh, I know with the new rules and regulations that don't allow drinking during tailgates, uh, a lot of people are turned off by it. You know, they want to have a good time. Uh, I think it's foolish to assume that you can kind of restrict or prevent drinking in college. I understand what they're trying to do to promote good behavior, but uh, when students, especially our age, are going to do things that are pretty much inevitable, uh, telling them to do it elsewhere leads to unforeseen consequences like these. Like the ghost town you've seen at the latest games. And I've actually done some research on this just to kind of, you know, I don't want to go into it with just a negative, oh, well, if, you know, my way or the highway, but I've done some reading. So here, here's how I see it, how I've seen it. There are 12 teams in the Mountain West Conference. According to a Reno Gazette Journal article by Chris Murray, Nevada is 10th in fan support, and that's out of 12. Mm. Nevada, how we pride ourselves on, you know, we make sure we don't call it UNR, and, you know, the attitude that we have that we're better than UNLV we are 10th in fan support. That's out of 12. Now, let me read you who is number one in fan support and their statistics. Boise State, naturally. Makes sense. Before I go into it, these stats are calculated from annual fan support, donor fan support, ticket revenue, budget, and percentage of, you know, basically what's everything that's funded by the fans. So Boise's number one in fan support, $19 million, which is first. Uh, donor support, which is $11 million. First in ticket revenue. And granted, it's... Boise State, which mm-hmm. is huge, and they almost were considered a Pac-12 team with the Chad Henney days yeah. after all that. So Yeah, and Kellen Moore. That's understandable. But then you scroll over and you see Nevada, 10th in the race, $7 million in fan support, 4.2 from donor support, and they're ranked 11th in overall budget, which is funded by Nevada students by only 28%. Nevada students, 
So that means attendance is going down. And you look at it and say, okay, well, what's the problem here? The football team, we can say, is improving, to be fair. But then you look who we're behind in fan support. I mean, New Mexico, San Diego State, UNLV, Fresno, Wyoming, the, the, the list goes on. So there's obviously a problem in fan support, attendance, students going to tailgates, paying for merchandise, paying for anything else. And the only thing worse you can do to decrease funds from all angles is to cancel the student tailgate. And they just did that. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's shooting yourselves in the foot. I, I, that's something I, I don't see the logic in. I'm not sure either. I mean, Reno's been a very uh, commutative place. They, they emphasize community. And so uh, that, along with not just the athletic department, but the school as a whole, always concerned about its image and always trying to improve its image, I guess they were just going after how it would look to, to ban alcohol at tailgates. They wanted to emphasize student safety and and make their school look good. But, again, I, I'm not sure if they just didn't think about revenue or they didn't think about ticket revenue at the time and they didn't think it would be an issue. But it's pretty apparent that it's a huge issue, and uh, it's, it's almost surprising. Yeah. I mean, 10th is one thing, but some of these, when it comes to donor funding, it's, it's so low compared to other schools. And I hear so much about PAC Pride and uh, – We've been around for a long time. Our alumni group should be pretty plentiful, but uh, I'm just not seeing it. It might be a lot lower even when these alumni see the lack of students at games now. It's like, what are they paying for at the end of the day? That's a very good point. I mean, there's a lot of give and take, too. Like, why donate if people aren't going to come out? Yeah, I mean, generosity only goes so far. Yeah, it's definitely a two-way street. And, you know, I'll ask you, for example. Let's say you go visit some friends at their college and you want to see how they experience it. So you go to Oxford, Mississippi, see Ole Miss play, see the, <laughs> see the old Rebels play in the SEC. You know you're about to tailgate, right? Do you expect to tailgate? Oh, yeah, actually. Uh, it's funny you brought up Ole Miss because I have uh, one of my closest friends. His brother goes to Ole Miss, so he actually went to the Ole Miss-Alabama game uh, earlier this year. Probably and he nuts. said it's, it's nothing like here. It's, the South is, is kind of its own thing. It's kind of special for college football, but – uh, I mean, I'm sure there are places in the Mountain West that have similar vibes to to tailgates in the South. And, uh, I mean, even when we did tailgate, like, it probably didn't com- quite compare to the South. But now it's it's pitiful to compare it to really any other legitimate school when it comes to tailgates. Absolutely. I mean, do you think Wyoming, even as a small school, would even dream of canceling their tailgate? No, I mean, it's probably something they look forward to throughout the week. Uh, it's a little different in Reno because there's more to do. Uh, so, you know, True. like people have bigger plans and other plans. But, I mean, that's really no excuse, uh, especially something during the day on a Saturday. Like, it's still something people should be looking forward to. And it shouldn't take away from their other activities because Reno is pretty much a night town anyway. True. So, uh, it's disappointing nonetheless. And, I mean, you could even see it in nicer places like Eugene, Oregon. Obviously, Oregon, they're a huge football school, the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Do you think Eugene, Oregon, I mean, the college campus itself, would dream of doing that? Like, imagine the student uproar if they were to cancel a tailgate for the rest of the year. Granted, that there's three home games left after Nevada canceled their home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... 
something like that that's so big, I think that students could really have a big voice in that. Uh, I could see that situation playing out a few ways. I could see students of Oregon just basically saying F you to the administration and just continuing to do what they do uh, and see what the administration does. Uh, and I could see them raising a big deal about it because they have the voices uh, and, uh, and the enthusiasm to deal with the situation, but um, again, that's kind of apples to oranges with Oregon and Nevada, but either True. way, like Mount Mountain West is probably the biggest conference besides the Power Five conferences, and I mean, we're we're top tier um, in the Mountain West, so. Absolutely. It's, it's still disappointing, to say the least. I mean, you know, I guess at this point, all you can do is really, you know, A, support your team, but B, when you look at it and you see everything that's you know, the tailgate being canceled, the lack of funds, you know, the wins or losses, depending on how we're doing, I guess you can only kind of compare mm -hmm. and see what everyone else is kind of doing. But another way to look at it, you can kind of think, well, the students basically said, okay, have your football game if we can't do it our way. Mm -hmm. And it showed. So, I mean, basically, it was just, again, it was adding two and two together. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's just something I... Do you think could have called? It's pretty clear the tailgates are the biggest problem, at least this year, for student turnout. But do you think there are other things the school or the administration could do besides just bringing back the tailgates, allowing alcohol, that would either help participation among students or just people in the area or increase funding in the areas where we come lower than most Mountain West teams? Well, you could also look at other universities and see how they do it, because obviously it works at basically most universities, with the exception of MICs, MIPs, and so on. But, you know, I think it could be easily regulated. They just have to be more careful. And obviously, yeah, they don't want kids under 21 drinking, mm -hmm. though it's going to happen anyways. Yeah, yeah. But I think it could be regulated more more so than my freshman year when I saw random people getting MICs. I would see groups of five people drinking, and a cop would take, he would go in and he would take one of them and they would be the scapegoat, and they'd mm -hmm. get an MIC. Mm -hmm. And that's just that's not really a way to run the law in any way, just pick a random person. Mm -hmm. But I think there could be a way to actually do it. But, you know, granted, Nevada is a growing community, mm -hmm. Reno itself and the university. I mean, the this uh, this class tripled near, nearly last year. Mm -hmm. And my the, when I was a sophomore, the freshman class, I think doubled my class. So we're we're growing. We're, like you know we're growing when we knew we needed an entire dorm built up Seriously. before next year. So Seriously. that's one thing that will help absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a bright spot for the future the for the future, excuse me. I think um as we're growing we have more students that will be paying for games, will be paying for attendance. Uh well not necessarily attendance because students tickets are free, but you know, there'll be more money going around so the programs itself, beside even besides football, will be growing. So yeah. And those tickets are still limited in number. I mean, you'd like to think at some point Nevada could reach the point where they run out of student tickets for certain games and students would be willing to buy tickets because the demand would be so high. But, I mean, that's clearly not the case right now, and that might take a couple years and some changes from up top. But I, I think the administration, I think it'll hit them, or maybe it has already, that when you don't allow these things to happen, then – Obviously, you see the results of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll go on next year. Granted, I'm graduating, mm -hmm. so I won't really see as that result. Am, as am I. Yeah. 
So <laughs> I, I don't think that'll be the standard, especially with how many students are coming here every year. But I think, I would hope, but I think they are, are working on a plan to integrate the students again. Yeah, I would, I would have to assume they would at least examine the topic uh, this offseason. I mean, it only ha- they only instilled it halfway through the year, and it made such a big impact within a month, a month and a half. And I think it would be foolish not to at least rethink some of the policies that they have in order to promote some of the biggest problems. Okay, well, maybe there will be a change, and the administration will add some safe rules, but... You know, I don't want my friends from out of town coming to the game after I really don't have as much to show them. Because, like, when you see, when you want to bring your friends to your school, you want to show them how you do things. You want to see, you want to, to kind of lead them into your culture of football games, of how you guys do things. And as of now, I don't have really as much to show them. Maybe for basketball games, as our basketball team is improving as well. But on a great day, we beat UNLV, have a blast at our tailgate and embrace our college culture, and that's that's the beauty of it. And I, I mean, we've had fun in our past years here, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully after we all graduate, uh, things will be improving. I hope so. Well, that's all for us right now. Wow, great job, guys, on that segment. Fantastic work from you two. Uh, this is uh, the Wolfpack Al, of course. That's going to do it for the show today. I was your host today, Al, with my buddies. Nick D. Brandon Poos. Tyler Hankis and Roadhouse. Go pack. Maybe not Roadhouse.